Just allow your body to be relaxed so it's not a distraction to your inner focus. And simply bring your awareness and your attention to that third eye, that spiritual door, that place of the inner radiant light. This place resides above the eyebrows and back towards the center of the head. And as you allow your attention to gather here, begin to see that inner light, that inner sun, and allow the spirit within you to wake up. Wake up and know that you are divine. So just let this inner light begin to brighten the inner universe, allowing you to see, to hear, and to know that spirit within. Simply wake up and allow that light of God to shine, bringing illumination and enlightenment. All you have to do is look, giving yourself permission to experience the awakening, opening the consciousness within, letting go of the world of reflection, which includes the mind, the emotions, and the body. Simply let go and let that inner radiant light shine in your inner awareness, bringing with it the blessings of spirit, the peace, the joy, the loving, and the sharing. And in the movement of this radiant light, it is like a river awakening and stirring within you. So allow your soul now to be stirred awake, to come into the knowing of the movement of that spirit within. So just allow this river now to flood through you gently and peacefully, rapidly in strength. However that wishes to move in you and through you, simply open and allow this movement to move as it wishes with no restrictions or resistances. Just allow your consciousness to receive and to relax, to relax and to receive. And so now within you, as this river continues to flow, allow your inner awareness now to lift up. Allow the inner gaze to rise high above, allowing the inner vision now to see the radiant sun. 
and the scene may take place through any of the senses. You may see visually, you may see auditorily, you may just simply see kinesthetically or see through your knowing. However you experience this, just allow it to be. And as you continue to focus on the sun, allow yourself to become aware that this is the source of this river of loving that you've been allowing to wash through you. And as you journey upon this river, it will take you back towards its very source. So now within yourself, Allow your consciousness to rise upon this river of love towards that great sun. Allowing now the journey of the soul in its spiritual awakening. Allowing the consciousness to become illumined as it moves closer and closer back into the oneness with its creator. So continue now inwardly following this river of loving, of light and sound. Allowing yourself to move however you wish to move. And as you continue upwards on this river of loving, in your own timing and in your own way, find yourself merging into the great sun where you and this great light become one. So wake up, wake up inside and know that you and God are one. Allow yourself to experience the awakening.
So wake up and know that you are divine, that you and God truly are one. Simply allow yourself to experience the truth of this oneness. That's all there is to do. And all we have to do is keep our eyes on God so that we continue waking up.
Wake up. Wake 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 up. Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up. It's so funny because there's times when I'm going to share that there's a part of me that just thinks, you know, what in the world do I have to say to you? I mean, you know, we all are on a, a journey and each of our journeys are very different and unique. And it's for each of us to discover on that journey what it is to be discovered. And yet I find that there's always this inner push of the spirit inside ever saying, and it's always nice to hear somebody else's journey. It's always nice to hear somebody else share about what's going on for them. Because sometimes in listening to someone else's journey and their experience on that journey, we can begin to connect back into our own truth. That sometimes we don't value and therefore we don't really bring it into action in our lives. And other times we just don't pay attention enough to even know that something happened that had value to it. But in listening to somebody else's story, all of a sudden we go, oh my God, I remember that happened to me. And all of a sudden, the value of it does come forward and we can begin to bring it into our daily lives and begin to use it and approach it differently. And so I find that oftentimes the Holy Spirit comes to me and says, yes, you have nothing to share, that's true, but share anyway. <laughs> Keeps me humble. If nothing else, I do have nothing to share, but do it anyway. It's always interesting because when I share, I mostly always talk about my childhood. When I was five years old, when I was eight years old, back when I was a child, you know, those are the, the beginnings of my stories. But it's true. For me, my awakening really began at a very early age. When I was five years old, I began to truly be aware and awake not just in this world, but in spirit. And in truth, I was awake, I think, from birth. Though I don't really remember a lot of what I would call the awakening experiences until I was five years old. And at that time, I became aware that I had awareness, a wakeful state, in a place that most people that were around me, my parents, my brother, Sunday school teachers, and the kindergarten teachers and so on, and my friends, they didn't have. It made me very aware that there was something happening in my life that didn't seem to be happening in others. And at first I had a little bit of a judgment on that. I thought, why me? What is this all about? I had a, a difficult time understanding what was taking place. And at five years old, you don't really have the vocabulary to share the experience in its fullness. To, to begin to get somebody to share back with you that might give you understanding. So I really felt lost in many ways. My experience at five years old and awakening really took place in a very simple way. When I was five years old, everybody had the same face. No matter who you were, no matter where we were, you had the same face. Everybody looked exactly the same. And to me, that was ordinary. That was normal. That's the way I thought everybody experienced life and experienced their friends and their relatives. So as I was going through my life, I learned to identify people by the colors in their auras. That's how I related to people. And that's oftentimes how I called people was by their colors, 
such as Mrs. Hinkle that lived next door was Mrs. Green. But I realized at the age of five that other people weren't doing it that way. They weren't seeing just one face and identifying people by the colors in, that were surrounding them. They were seeing something else. And I remember talking to my mother one day about it. My mother said, you know, Jim, we know you see colors now. We know you understand colors, and we know you know your colors. So now let's start calling people by their names. And my experience of awakening was when I realized in talking with her that she saw a different face on each person, not the same face. It was really confusing to me and disturbing to me to realize that my mother was different, that she wasn't seeing it the way I was. And I began to go into concern for her in that experience, thinking there was something wrong with her, that she was seeing different faces and not seeing the one. I went to my father and asked him, how did he recognize people? And he said, well, by their face. And I said, but it's always the one face, isn't it? And he goes, the one face what? What are you talking about? And I realized right then not to even go to you there any closer to that with him because he just wouldn't go into those kind of conversations. So whenever he'd say, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean? I'd know, okay, we're not going there. So I began to have to delve into understanding more. So I went back to my mother. I talked to her a little bit more couldn't understand why it was that they saw different faces and I saw one. I went back into my bedroom and I thought about it and I cried about it because I was feeling really hurt that there was something going on with me that wasn't seemingly happening with other people. I decided then and there that somehow I was going to figure this out and when I walked out of the hall and I came out into the dining room area, my mother came out of the kitchen, and I saw a different woman. I saw a different face. I saw something different. And I just freaked out. I couldn't understand what was happening. I went running back to my room crying, and in that moment was an awakening experience. But I was waking up to this world. I had been awake in spirit, and all of a sudden, that door was closing. That door was closing because the world around me was telling me, no, no, you have to do it the way of the world. You have to do it this way. You have to think this way. You have to act and react this way. This is how you live in the world. And as I ran back to my room and started crying, I was crying because I was feeling a separation. I was feeling a separation from something that was very powerful, very meaningful. And what it was was loving. I could feel myself separating from that loving that I had always lived in all my life up until that moment. I could feel the separation taking place. My mother came running in, what's wrong, what's wrong, what are you crying about? And there was no way I could put in words why I was crying. I was crying because I saw a face that wasn't as beautiful as I had always seen and it wasn't the one face I saw in everyone. And that hurt me, and I was feeling the separation. But my separation was moving away from spirit, moving away from the awakeful state and into this world. And that was a great pain. And I remember 
as I was moving into the next year and two years and three years after that experience, I struggled very hard to maintain the awareness of the one face. But more and more, there were different faces popping up. And the one face was starting to disappear. The more that happened, the more I felt separated from the loving. The more I felt separate from that truth that I had been living in all my life up until that moment when I saw a different face on my mother. So as I began going through the world, I began to have to live more in the world and relate to the world the way the world taught me to relate to it. And it was teaching me in Sunday school, and it was teaching me in school, and my parents were teaching me how to relate to the world, mostly through the mind, and how to approach life through the mind, and figure it out, and think about it, understand it, and do it this way, and here's the rules, and here's the regulations, and here's the laws, here's the principles by which we live. And it was all a part of the mind. And the more my mind got engaged, the more I felt separated from that truth. I tried to talk to different people about this separation. I tried to explain to them, where did the loving go? How do I get back in touch with the loving? And no one really could help me understand because they didn't understand it. They had no idea what I was talking about. I talked to a minister. I remember talking to him about this pain that I was in, this agony. And he said, son, you just have to accept Jesus. If you would accept Jesus, you wouldn't be hurting anymore. Well, what he didn't know was that as a child, Jesus was always right there, always right there. He never left me. He was always right there with me. He was one of the great teachers inside, ever walking with me, ever sharing with me, ever directing me and guiding me. And so for me to hear him say that, I knew that that was true in a way. Because if Jesus is here, you don't have pain. You don't have separation. You are just in the loving of spirit and oneness with God. But I, as he was saying that, would look up and there he was. So I'm going, but he's here. Why am I still feeling this? And what was happening and what I realized later on as I was growing up is that I was getting more engaged in the mind, which we have to do in order to survive in this world. And as I got engaged in the mind, I was separating from my centeredness, from my truth, from my own spiritual identity, and living more in the identity of the mind in the world. And I realized that I had a choice at the age of nine years old. I could either choose to live the way of the mind and choose the way of the live of the world or I had to do something different. And in that moment, when I was nine years old, I can remember it so, so clearly. It was in the middle of March and just everything was blooming. Everything was spring colors in Texas. And I was just rejoicing in the beauty here, but I could remember the greater beauty that I knew as a child inside, and I wanted that more than I wanted all this having to do with the flowers and the beauty of of spring color in the world. And I made a choice in that moment, and that was I was not going to do the way of the world. I was going to do it the way that I knew that was loving, and that was loving God, and that was putting God first in everything I did. No matter what, God was going to be first, 
and the one who was guiding me, which was Jesus at the time, was going to be second. And then from there, however it unfolded, I didn't care. And if people didn't understand me, if people didn't want to be around me, I didn't care because I knew that if I did that, I was going to be happy. I was going to be fulfilled again. And I remember on that day, I had left school and I walked over behind this Catholic church and I sat down in this field and that's often where I would go pray if it wasn't between the houses where I lived. And I made a commitment to God in that moment. I said, I am not going to do this this way. I can't do this this way. It hurts too much. I don't want to hurt anymore. What do I do? What do I do? And I heard a voice deep inside, just a beautiful, deep, resonant voice say, then love it all. Love God. Love the world. Love your life. Love yourself. Love it all. And live in the loving. Do the loving. Follow after the loving. And let the loving guide you wherever you go. And that I've done as much as I can every day. I don't do it 100%. I wish I did. But I put that before me everywhere I go and everything I do. And I always put God and the loving of God first. And that is my way of staying awake, is putting God first. After that experience, I began to have some unusual and wonderful experiences in my state of prayer. I used to pray every day, at least once a day, sometimes twice a day, sometimes quite often during the day. And in my prayerful state, after I made this commitment, I began to have these strong, deep, resonant voices begin to rise up within me and share things with me that I hadn't had before. One of them was, as I was praying, sometimes I would get kind of still and I would begin to either go to sleep or my mind would kick in and engage and I would start wandering off, following after the mind. And this voice would rise up inside of me and go, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I go, what? No. And so I had my eyes closed and I was in prayer. And at first I thought, they were telling me to wake up. Maybe I'd gone to sleep. So I'd open my eyes and I'd look around. Nothing would be happening. And so I'd go, hmm, what does that mean? So I closed my eyes again and I'd start praying. And after a while, either the mind would engage and carry me off or I'd start falling asleep. And all of a sudden I'd hear, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I'd kind of shook and stir and I'd open my eyes again to wake up and nothing was there, nothing was happening. I'd go, okay, what do you want me to wake up for? You know, what's this all about? After a few times of that, I realized what was really happening was it was trying to bring me present inside. Wake up, wake up, where are you? Focus inside, focus back on God. Put God first. So I began to pay attention to where is that voice coming from? And as I did, I realized the voice was coming from here. And I thought, boy, that's a funny place to have it come from, my forehead. You know, I'd always prayed, praying into my heart, because everybody always talked about the prayerful heart, you pray from your heart, pray in the loving of the heart. And so I always would pray 
at this place of the, of the body, the heart, the physical heart. But all of a sudden, I began to hear this voice always saying, wake up. That's the only time I would hear this voice, though, is when it would say, wake up from this place in my forehead. So whenever it would say that, I would start looking up to it going, go ahead and say some more. Talk to me. Tell me something. <laughs> I wanted to hear it. All it would say is, wake up. But every time I would look up to where it had been talking to me from, I began to see a radiant light, a brilliant light that I hadn't seen up until this time. And the more I looked up, the more I saw this radiant light flooding down, flooding down into me, filling me with this light. When I looked away from it, the light wasn't there. The filling up wasn't happening. And so I began to realize that if I wanted to be connected to that light, that I needed to look here. And by looking here to what is called the spiritual eye, the third eye, the seat of the soul, I would begin to be filled with this light. Well, I remember at Sunday school, not too long after this first happened and I became aware of this, the Sunday school teacher was reading something and commenting on it from the Bible. And she said, and Jesus said that if thy eye be single and open, your body should be flooded with light. And I went, oh, oh. And she kept on reading and talking about these different things. And I raised my hand. I said, could you read that first part again? And she goes, what first part? I said, about the eye thing with the light. And so she read it again. And it just enthralled me. I just couldn't stand the energy. It was so powerful. I just couldn't sit there. And I had to get up. And I had to move. And I just wanted to find out. I wanted to see the book for myself. I wanted to see those words for myself. And she said, Jim, sit down. You've got to sit down. I've got to talk. I've got to finish this. I was always getting into trouble at Sunday school. Not at school, but Sunday school, I was always get into trouble. Because I'd get excited because I'd hear these truths and they were real and they were valid and they brought more life for me. And so this was one of those events. And I realized in that moment, that's what I was experiencing. I was experiencing the single eye that Jesus was talking about. And it was opening and I was being flooded with light. And so that became my goal in my prayer is to ever stay focused here at this single eye that Jesus talked about and to get it to open and to keep it open so that I could feel and know that warmth of light. And I knew that that light was the loving of God coming into me. And so I would just sit there and wait for the eye to open and wait for the loving to come in, wait for this light to flood me. But then I realized something that if I really wanted it to open, that I had to do something as well. Not just sit there and wait for it to open and wait to be flooded. I needed to focus here, and I needed to focus my loving here, and I needed to share my loving from here to God. And that in sharing my loving with God, the eye automatically opened to share my light with the Lord. And that as it automatically opened, it also allowed that loving light of God into me. And I began to see this wonderful exchange of loving between me and the Lord and the Lord and me. And that began to be my next level of awakening. My first level of awakening when I was realizing that I was seeing this one face, the one face of the Lord in everyone. The truth 
that we are all one in spirit. There is no separation. There is only separation down here. And I had seen and witnessed the oneness in all of us as a child. And I was now waking up to another level of spirit, which was sharing my loving with the Lord and letting the Lord share loving with me so that we could live in the oneness. So the first one was the realization in my awakening that we are all one. There is no separation. And the second one was that if we will open and love the Lord, the Lord will love us in a way that we have never experienced before. And there's no qualifications on it. I never had to prove myself to God. I never had to do anything other than just to love Lord. To love the Lord and to be present in that loving. And then to allow God's love in. Well, that was the harder part. I found it was easier for me to love God. But sometimes I didn't feel real worthy of God's loving. Especially as I began to grow into my teens and my hormones kicked in. And the sexual urges started playing up. Well, you know, the church and the world, oh, that's sinful, that's terrible. Don't think that way. You can't do that. And so I would be in my prayerful state still, and I would be sharing my loving with the Lord, but I wouldn't really allow the loving in too much because I felt unworthy. I felt ashamed. I would almost want to hide and say, well, you don't want to know what I was thinking today. You don't want to know what I was doing. You know, I would try to hide from from God in a way. But at the same time, I really wanted to experience the loving. And so that voice that always was saying to me in my prayerful state, wake up, wake up, wake up, all of a sudden said something very different. Let me in. Let me in. And in that moment, when I heard that, I realized that I was keeping God out. I wasn't allowing the Lord into my consciousness into my life, into my soul. I was keeping him out. And I realized something in my prayerful state, in sharing with the Lord and receiving with the Lord, God will never impose on us anything. But God is ever present with us. And all we have to do is invite God in. And he will just come rushing in. He will not give us a chance to think beyond that invitation because he knows we'll get in the way if we do. So the moment we truly invite God in, God rushes in that moment. And if we're fortunate, we'll be awake enough to be aware of that movement. But so many people are still asleep. When I was a child, I also realized another thing. And that was that when the soul comes into this creation... It also is focused not inward and upward towards God and towards spirit and towards the soul. It's focused down and out into the world. Oh boy, let's go have fun. Let's go ride the rides and eat the candy. This is going to be fun. I remember it from before. So the soul and the attention and the consciousness is focused down and out into the body, into the sensual nature, into this creation. And it's also focused down and out because it thinks that the answer to all the questions is out here somewhere. And all I have to do is find that place in a building, in a person, whatever, and I'll have it all. And so it's down and out focused. And it is in that down and out focused that we lose sight of who we really are as soul. 
And that down and out focus is a state of sleep. When the consciousness of the soul comes down into the physical, material, psychic worlds and focuses down and out into it, in a sense, it is going to sleep. And we begin to dream the dream and live that dream. That's what Shakespeare was writing when he wrote The Midsummer Night Dream. Shakespeare was a great mystic. And if you read his writings and truly look at it through the eye of a mystic, you'll begin to see that every story he told, every poem he wrote, is a great teaching about the soul awakening to a greater truth. And in the Midsummer Night Dream, it truly is about the soul that has gone to sleep and is dreaming the great dream, lost in the story of lust and love and the pursuit of that, and chasing after that in the great dream of this creation. All the time, it is for the soul to wake up, to wake up into the knowing, to wake up into the truth, to wake up into the loving that it is really longing for and looking for in this world. And yet it really isn't in this world. It's inside. So I realized something very profound as I was growing up, that I didn't want to fall asleep. I did not want to fall asleep. And I realized it at the age of 9, 10, 11 years old, and hearing that voice say to me, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I realized as I began to listen to that voice and look to that voice, where it was coming from, that I was waking up more and more again into the truth of loving, into the truth of the soul, into the truth of the divine that is in all of us. And I made a commitment to stay awake, to stay awake no matter what, and to do whatever I can to always wake up, always wake up, and not let myself go back to sleep. It's interesting. Rumi, who was a great mystic in Persia, I think in the 12th century, 13th century, wrote many, many poems. One of the poems reads, this is just a very small part of it. The door is round. The door is open. Go through the door and stay awake. Go through the door and keep moving forward. Do not look back. Do not go back. Do not go back to sleep. What he was saying was, there's a door, a spiritual door, not a physical door. And the door, when opened, it is for us to walk through that door and to keep walking forward, to keep moving forward in that spiritual journey. And don't look back. Don't look back into the world for answers, for solution, for experience. Look forward. Keep moving forward on that spiritual quest and that spiritual journey. Keep stepping forward and don't go back to sleep. Stay awake. Another poem he wrote, and I wish I had brought it, but I didn't. I would love to read this to you, and I'll try to get it printed out and send it to everybody or something. And it's called Go Back to Sleep. 
he wrote it to all those that were playing the game of pursuing God. And yet they weren't willing to do the work. And the whole poem, which is quite long, is stating something very simple. If you're not willing to do the journey, if you're not willing to do the work, go back to sleep. If you're not willing to take responsibility for your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own action and reaction, just go back to sleep. If you're not willing to live in the loving, if you're not willing to forgive yourself and others, if you're not willing to be present in the moment and truly do the moment to the fullest and loving, go back to sleep. And so what he is saying is, for those of that are playing the game of being on a spiritual quest, but really are not doing the spiritual quest, why don't you just go back to sleep and let those that are truly doing the quest wake up and do the inner journey? And it's a very profound statement. He's saying, don't play a game on yourself. If you're not willing to do the work, if you're not willing to be responsible, to be loving, to be forgiving, to be accepting, and to put God first, then go back to sleep. Go back in the world. Get caught up in the world. Do the world. Enjoy the world. Love the world. And experience it to the fullest. And let those that are willing to wake up into the Spirit do it. So my quest has always been to be in that loving moment that I knew as a child, and to see that loving face of the Lord in every one as I saw it when I was five years old. I see it more and more now than I was as I was growing up. I still don't see it the way I did when I was five years old. I wish I did. I wish I saw it all the time on every one. But I don't. There's still a part of me that lives in separation from that loving that is God. Because my mind is still involved in the world, my emotions are still involved in the world, and my body is still involved in the world. And while I have a body, my soul is present in that body and having experience here. And so there is that action of separation that the mind has created. But I let it be okay. We even play a little game sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes like at the airport or at a stoplight, if I can see a car across the way and I can see the face of the other person, I'll say to my mind, I'll say, you want to play a game? And the mind goes, oh, I love games. Yeah, sure. What, what game are we going to play? I'd go, let's find the divine light in them. And if the mind will engage with me and play with me, I can begin to see the oneness that is in all of us. I can see the divine light. I can see the divine light first in myself, as I saw it at an early age, and I can be present in that divine light as it floods into me, and then I can begin to see the divine light in every one. And it's fun now because my mind likes to play this game. It loves it. It loves because it knows it's unique. It's seeing things that other minds out there are not playing. It doesn't know the game. It doesn't even know the game exists. And therefore, my mind thinks, oh, yeah, this is special. This is so unique. This is so wonderful. It doesn't realize 
in truth, we all see the divine light in everyone all the time. But you're asleep. You don't know it. You know what's really amazing? Is that in truth, you are living a great dream right now. And there's going to be a day when you wake up from this dream and you're going to realize that you never left the heart of God. You never left it. In the moment that God created soul, soul was created in the heart of God, in the loving of God. And it's never left it. It's never left it. But you've gone asleep and are believing a great dream and living a great dream. But it's all a dream. A dream isn't real. A dream is an illusion. One day you're going to wake up and you're going to go, wow, how long have I been asleep? Why didn't I wake up earlier? Golly, who didn't set the alarm? (laughs) But you'll also realize in that moment when you wake up, and you wake up in the heart of God and you realize you've never left the heart of God, God puts you into a sleep. God puts you into a dream to have the experience of that. So that in that experience, you have learned so much through living in the illusion and believing the illusion. And in that, you have also learned how it is to be in that separation that the illusion has created, the longing, the loneliness, the separation, the wanting. And as all of that energy finally rises up, it actually will force the soul to wake up once again to its own truth, out of the dream. And God has put us into this wonderful dream state even though it sometimes doesn't seem so wonderful, it seems pretty nightmarish for many of us. But even the nightmares are truly a wonderful experience because it is an opportunity for the soul to come to greater understanding of divine loving. You know, I remember when I was a kid and I was watching something on TV and I I talked to my father and I said, Dad, why do so many people have to suffer? They were talking about some people in Africa that were starving to death, and they were showing it on TV. My dad said, well, you know, I think God did this so that we would understand the good and the bad, and that we would honor it all, and we would love it all somehow. He says, I don't understand it really, but somehow we've got to have the pain in order to understand when we're not in pain, and to appreciate when we're not in pain, and to love that. And the pain really helps us to move towards those places when we're not hurting, and to hold more to those things, those actions, those places in our lives where the pain is not, and to let go of the pain. I learned a lot from that moment with my father. He taught me a lot in that moment. And the one thing I learned was I was holding on to the pain of life. And the one thing that I learned in that moment and the pain that I was holding on to was the separation. At five years old, when I became aware that there was something different that was taking place in that moment, I was seeing different faces and not the one. I was also feeling the separation from that divine loving inside that I knew in the oneness. Up until that moment when my father made that statement, I was holding on to the pain of the separation in that moment. I was holding on to it and I was referring back to it all the time. 
And that kept the pain alive. And that kept the separation alive. And what was that? I was looking back. I was looking to the past. So the moment I stopped looking to the past and I looked to the present and I said, Lord, I just love you. I love you first. I love you only. Always, right now, always. In that moment, the loving came rushing in. The separation and the pain was gone. And I went, oh, my God. It was right here all the time. But I was living in the past. I was holding on to something that happened five, six, seven years ago. And I realized in that moment, I can't live in the past. I can't dwell on what happened. I can't dwell on how I reacted, how I did things. I just have to live now and do the best I know right now. How many of us are dwelling on the past? But you don't understand what my father did to me. You don't understand. My brother took all my money from me. You don't understand. Yes, I do. But living in those experiences that happened five days ago, five years ago, 50 years ago, you're not living in God. You're not living in the loving that is present right now. God is right now. If you want to find God, if you want to know God, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. That's what Spirit is ever doing, is calling us to wake up right now. Don't look anywhere. Don't go anywhere. There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to change. It's just wake up. Wake up and know that I am the Lord. I am the Lord thy God. Wake up and know it right now. God isn't in the past and God isn't in the future. God is now. So if we can begin to live in the now, live in this moment, and wake up in this moment, then we wake up into God. We wake up into the loving. And there is no more separation. There is no more judgment. There is no more fear. There is just God. And in God, there is all things. There is the answer. There is the solution. There is the understanding. There is the wisdom. And there is the peace that is in the loving, that is in the now. And so I invite you to wake up and to stay awake in the moment. And pay attention when you go to sleep. And the way I know I'm going to sleep is when I'm sitting there at a table and I'm eating my food and I've got my focus on my food first. And it doesn't taste quite right or it needs more salt. Where's the salt on the table? Or why didn't they bring bread yet? Or whatever it is that that draws me away from living in the moment. It is that part of me that wants to control, that wants it my way. Why am I not getting what I need? Why am I not getting what I want? If I can just bring myself present and say, God's in this food, God's in this table, God's in this moment, God's in me, God's in this person that's with me, God's here, and live in that, it all unfolds, it all moves. And then my life is simple and easy. How many of us have complained over and over and over with ourselves and with others? Why is life so hard? Why is life so complicated? Why does it seem like they have it so much better than me? 
How can I get my life to be like that? If you find yourself doing that, I would invite you to stop the complaining. Because one, there's no answer in the complaining. There's no solution. And two, it's taking you into focus of down and out, into the world trying to find the answer and the solution. And it's not in the world. It's in you. It's at the seat of the soul. The soul is the answer to every question. The soul is the place of loving that you are longing for. Go back inside and wake up inside. And there's the solution. There's the answer. There's the loving. That is it. God is in you. God is not in this creation as much as God is in you. Pay attention to that. Be aware of that. And go inside and know that. When you wake up into the knowing of God inside of you, there's no place to go. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to go to the top of the mountain. You don't have to go to a teacher. You just sit down, close your eyes, and go inside and say, Hi, God, I'm here. What are we going to do now? And then the journey continues. God takes you into greater loving. God takes you on great journeys into his creation. God just brings himself present in you, and you sit in that loving, in that peace, in that joy. And there's nothing more to do than that. And the answer, the solution, the question, there isn't anything. There's just quiet. There's stillness. There's peace. There's a statement in the Bible, greater is he that is in me that is in the world. And that is true. Greater is the Lord that is inside of me. And so it is for me to go inside and find that that is the greatness that is the Lord in me, and to wake up into that. And it's wonderful because when you do, you begin to connect into all that is God in everyone. And all of a sudden, you do love everyone. You do honor everyone because everyone is you, the Lord, the oneness. There is no separation. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Go in and connect to thyself. To thine own self be true. Wake up into that. Know that. Live that. And then you can live in the loving of thyself in all that there is. When I connect back into this, then I see the oneness in all that is. I see the divine spark. I see the glorious face of the Lord that is one in all and all in one. And truly it is wonderful to see that. To know that. And to know that I can go there anytime I want to see that one face. You are God incarnate. You are divine. There is one thing I have said since I was 18 years old that I have shared publicly. You are the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. That is who you are. You are the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. Just wake up into that. And be that that you are. And the other statement I say is, and one day you will wake up and know that you are the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. 
And that day that you wake up, you will realize you never left the heart of God. You just believe you did. You've fallen for the illusion. You've fallen into the great sleep and believe the great dream and live the separation that the dream has created. But it's all an illusion. And so all the great mystics have always taught and shared and said in their poems, in their sharings, in their teachings, wake up. Just wake up. And don't go back to sleep. So in meditation, wake up. Keep your attention here at the seat of the soul. Let that single eye open. Let the light flood in that is the love of God. Let that light flood in and fill you to overflowing. And when you find yourself beginning to doze off, beginning to drift off and follow after the mind or after the emotions or playing a game in the realm of illusion and imagination, stop in that moment that you catch yourself and wake up. Look back up here. Wake up. Come on, Jim. Wake up. Wake up, soul. Wake up, divine one. Wake up and know it. Wake up and be it. Wake up to God right now. And so I'm ever telling myself inside to wake up. But I'm driving, when I'm talking on the phone, when I'm doing this right now, there's a part of me that is inside saying, wake up. It ever calls me to be present in the moment. And in that moment, then I see the divine face in all. When I truly wake up in that moment, and it's really wonderful to see the oneness and all. That oneness I saw in the mirror as I looked at myself in the mirror and the oneness I saw in everyone, it never changes. It's always the same. It just amazes me. It really does. The light, the brilliance, the loving, the stillness, the peacefulness, the joy, the grace, that is in that beauty in each of us is wondrous. And I want you to know that. I want you to experience that to its fullest. I want you to wake up into that. Waking up means sitting down every day and closing your eyes and going inside and connecting back into that oneness. But it means staying awake. Not drifting off in the mind and following after the mind. Now, how am I going to get some money? I, Lord, I do need some money to pay off my bills, you know. So here's my meditation today. I'm going to focus on the money and we're going to talk about it. No, don't do that. Wake up and just love the Lord and be in the loving with the Lord. So tonight I'm going to ask you to do something as homework. I would like for you if you have a roommate that's cooperative, to set your alarm clock for a particular time in the morning, probably earlier than you would wake up. I usually get up somewhere between 2.30 and 3 in the morning. If I go to bed at midnight or 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock, I'm up by 2.30 or 3 o'clock. Now, I don't have to have an alarm clock anymore. I have a spiritual alarm clock inside going, wake up, <laughs> literally. <laughs> And I'll try to roll back over and I'll hear, no, wake up. And I'll know that I need to get up and meditate. So you might want to set an alarm clock for 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, whatever it might be. 
and wake up. Wake up, sit up, and meditate for a while. Focus here at the seat of the soul and just share your loving with the Lord. Just say, Lord, I love you. I love you so much. And I just want to live in the loving. I want to wake up into that divine loving. I want to put you first in all things. I love you, I love you, I love you. Now the way I do it is because I've been initiated, I focus on the name of God, that unspoken name of God that is talked about in the Old Testament and that Jesus even talked about. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And later he said in a prayer, Lord, unto those that you have given to me, I have given them your name. And your name lives in them and dwells in them. And they live in that name as it lives in them. And even to those that you have not given to me directly, but have brought to me, I have given that name to them as well. And that name lives in them. That's the name that I meditate on when I go inside. And when I speak that name inside, that unspoken name, that is the name of God unspoken inside here, I am saying, God, I love you. And in that same moment, I am opening to allow that loving in that is God's loving for me, the soul that I am. So tonight, 15 minutes, an hour, two hours, whatever your meditation time is, wake up physically and then go inside and wake up. Wake up spiritually. Wake up and begin to see that divine radiant love, that light that is your own soul. It's so interesting. We call this Inner Light Ministries. And the reason we call it Inner Light Ministries is because the teachers on the other side that I've known since I was five years old that have come to me, they call themselves the teachers of inner light. And they have ever brought me into that place where I'm ever focusing on the inner light, to wake up to the inner light, to be aware of the inner light, the inner light in me and the inner light in everyone. And so I've always called them the teachers of inner light. And when I was asked, well, what do you want to call this organization we're going to put together for you? I thought for a while, and I thought, well, they call themselves the teachers of inner light, so I'll just call it Inner Light Ministries. You were going to call it some other things, but Inner Light Ministries worked out the best for IRS. (laughs) It needed to kind of focus in some way that made sense to them. So we call it Inner Light Ministries, and that's really what this is about. It's waking up to the inner light, the divine that we are. When I was five years old, I was very aware of my guardian angel. And every night before I would go to sleep, as I would lay in bed, I would wait until my guardian angel came in. And I wouldn't go to sleep until the guardian angel came present, and I was aware of it. And the way I was aware of the guardian angel is that I would feel first the presence of the guardian angel come at the head of the bed. And then I would see this radiant light just radiate out over the whole bed as a canopy of protection. And the moment I saw that light was present for my guardian angel protecting me, I'd go to sleep because I knew, okay, I'm fine. Nothing's going to hurt me tonight. And I'd go to sleep. Well, as I went into my life and went into this sense of separation from God, I found 
that the more I meditated and the more I became aware of my own inner light, the light of my own soul, and allowed that light to flood me and allowed the greater light of God's love to flood me, I realized no matter where I went in the world, as long as I was focusing first here at the seat of the soul and allowing myself to be aware of that loving, filled with that light, that wherever I went, I wasn't in darkness and nothing could truly hurt me. And it gave me a sense of protection. And it allowed me to move into things that I might not have otherwise moved into. And so I would invite you also to do it for that reason, to wake up and to be aware of that divine protection, that divine loving that is ever present with us, so that you truly have no fear. There's nothing to fear but fear itself, as one great man said. And that's really true. And once you know the Lord's love in you and you see that radiant light in you, there is nothing to fear. I remember when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was laying there in the hospital room and the doctor came in to tell me I had cancer. Well, divine light was with me. The loving of the Lord was with me. God was right there in the midst of all this right then. And so I accepted the diagnosis and I thanked him and all that. And and he looked at me and he says, do you have any questions? I said, well, not right now. And he said, did you hear what I said? I said, you have cancer and it's serious and you may not have that long to live. And I said, yeah, I heard you. I understand that. But there was no fear in me in that moment because God's loving was really with me. I was focused on God first. And the doctor sat there for a minute and this loving was really present. And he looked at me and he started crying. (laughs) And I was consoling him and he says, how can you do this? How can you not be upset or angry? You should be angry at at the world. You should be angry at God right now. You're going to die. You've got cancer. And I go, why would I want to be angry at God? You know, God loves me. And he just started crying more. After we talked a little while, he got up and he left. And he went out teary-eyed and all. And this nurse came rushing in. Is everything okay? She thought, I must really be a mess. (laughs) I'm sitting there and she goes, what happened? What took place? You know, and we talked for a long time. And I realized in that moment how wonderful it is to know the Lord, to live in the Lord, to live in that loving and not have to live in the fear of the world and not play the game that the world wants us to play. It's wake up from the dream, wake up from the nightmare, wake up and live in the loving. And then you can do this world and you can do this life. But you also know one thing, that the last breath you take, you're just going to move on that river of loving and move on into the divine flow of love and just continue the journey awake as you were doing it here, and you're just going to wake up even more into the Lord, more into loving, more into the consciousness of the truth of who you are in God. That's what we are asking you to be aware of, to pay attention to, in this statement of waking up in spirit. You are spirit. You are not this body. You are divine. Wake up into the spirit of the divinity that you are. Wake up and know it and live it right now. Don't wait until you take your last breath and hope that you're going to wake up into your own soul 
and go, okay, now I'm divine. Now I'm soul. Now it's okay. Why not wake up now and live it the rest of this time while you're in the physical? And then when you take the last breath, you just continue the journey. There's no like wonder of, oh my God, I don't want to die just yet because I don't know if there's something really there. Why not wake up now and know it and live it? That's what all the great mystics and saints have taught and shared. And that is what we are telling and sharing here. So tonight, do your homework. However it might look to you. If 6 o'clock is your normal time, set it for 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock. I know I'll be up at 2.30 to 3 o'clock. If you want to join me, not in my room, (laughs) but in the spirit of the oneness join me come on in and let's go inside together and let's find that place of awakefulness together I'll share one other little story with you when I was also nine years old after hearing that voice say wake up wake up I took all my allowance and I pulled it together and I thought I was going to buy something that I really wanted to to assist me in my awakening, and that was a tape recorder. Well, back then when I was nine years old in 1958, it was a big box, reel-to-reel, that you had to buy. It wasn't a little tiny miniaturized thing. And I thought, I had $89 and some cents. I thought, oh, that'll be plenty. I thought, oh, my God, that's so much money. Well, it wasn't enough. But I begged my father. I said, please, please, I want to use my allowance for this. And I found out I didn't have the money. I said, this can be my Christmas present. This can be my birthday present. He says, this is your Christmas present, your birthday present for two years. <laughs> so he took my allowance money. He bought it, paid it off. And I had a reel-to-reel tape recorder. My father kept saying, why do you want this? What are you going to do with it? And I go, I just want it. I just, I just need it. I, I've got to have this. Well, what I did is I made a tape. And every 10 minutes... I said in the microphone, wake up, wake up, wake up, and then silence. Ten minutes later, wake up, wake up, wake up. Ten more minutes of silence. And I just kept doing that for ten minutes at a time. Then I'd put my headphones on, and I'd start praying. I look at this now, and it was kind of foolish. I had a voice inside saying it to me. But for some reason, I felt like I needed it out here. What did I say? We often focus out here, thinking the solution is out here. So I thought the tape recorder was going to be the answer. I thought it was going to give me the solution somehow to wake up. God was inside saying, wake up, Jim. Come on. Come back up here. Wake up. But that's what I did. But I found it really did work. It helped me stay present. It helped me wake up. And it served a good purpose. One day, I came home from school. My father was there. We had started dinner. And all of a sudden, my father said, so what is this thing about waking up? And I go, what? And he says, what's, what's wake up, wake up, wake up about? And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> He's been listening to my tape. <laughs> I didn't know what to tell him. I said, I said something like, you know, well, I was just trying to see what my voice sounded like. And he said, every 10 minutes? <laughs> And I had no answer. I just couldn't go into trying to explain it because I didn't have the words for it, but I knew that this was important. 
And my father had one statement for me, and that was, you're weird. You're really weird. And that's what he said at that moment, you know, because I couldn't explain it, and that's all I wanted the tape recorder for, and that's what I spent my money on. You're really weird, Jim. <laughs> so I join you in being weird. <laughs> I ask you to become weird and join me in this journey together and wake up, however you want to do it, however it serves you. But it's not wake up physically. It's not wake up out here. It's wake up inside. So wake up and experience the divine love, the divine joy, the divine peace of the Lord that resides within you right now. Look nowhere, go nowhere, but inside and wake up. Just allow your body to be relaxed so it's not a distraction to your inner focus. And simply bring your awareness and your attention to that third eye, that spiritual door, that place of the inner radiant light. This place resides above the eyebrows and back towards the center of the head. And as you allow your attention to gather here, begin to see that inner light, that inner sun, and allow the spirit within you to wake up. Wake up and know that you are divine. So just let this inner light begin to brighten the inner universe, allowing you to see, to hear, and to know that spirit within. Simply wake up and allow that light of God to shine, bringing illumination and enlightenment. All you have to do is look, giving yourself permission to experience the awakening, opening the consciousness within, letting go of the world of reflection, which includes the mind, the emotions, and the body. Simply let go and let that inner radiant light shine in your inner awareness, bringing with it the blessings of spirit, the peace, the joy, the loving, and the sharing. And in the movement of this radiant light, it is like a river awakening and stirring within you. So allow your soul now to be stirred awake, to come into the knowing of the movement of that spirit within. So just allow this river now to flood through you gently and peacefully, rapidly in strength. However that wishes to move in you and through you, simply open and allow this movement to move as it wishes with no restrictions or resistances. Just allow your consciousness to receive and to relax 
to relax and to receive. And so now within you, as this river continues to flow, allow your inner awareness now to lift up. Allow the inner gaze to rise high above, allowing the inner vision now to see the radiant sun. And this scene may take place through any of the senses. You may see visually, you may see auditorily, you may just simply see kinesthetically or see through your knowing. However you experience this, just allow it to be. And as you continue to focus on the sun, allow yourself to become aware that this is the source of this river of loving that you've been allowing to wash through you. And as you journey upon this river, it will take you back towards its very source. So now within yourself, Allow your consciousness to rise upon this river of love towards that great sun. Allowing now the journey of the soul in its spiritual awakening. Allowing the consciousness to become illumined as it moves closer and closer back into the oneness with its creator. So continue now inwardly following this river of loving, of light and sound. Allowing yourself to move however you wish to move. And as you continue upwards on this river of loving, in your own timing and in your own way, find yourself merging into the great sun where you and this great light become one. So wake up, wake up inside and know that you and God are one. Allow yourself to experience the awakening
So wake up and know that you are divine, that you and God truly are one. Simply allow yourself to experience the truth of this oneness. That's all there is to do. And all we have to do is keep our eyes on God so that we continue waking up.
Wake up. Wake 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 up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up.
wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up.
Wake up. Wake up.
wake up. Wake up.
wake up. Wake up. 